so it's, a, it's officially Christmas. Now, Sam, you can wear your, your Christmas jacket all you want, even if it's in your Christmas party that, or your Christmas picture. That's okay. Uh, but today we're going to be starting a new series all around Christmas called Christmas Greetings. Christmas Greetings. And we, we use lots of different Christmas or lots of different Christmas greetings during this time. And actually, if you've got your Bibles, you can open them up to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, put your finger there, we'll get there in, in just a little bit. Uh, but during this time of year, we, we use a lot of different Christmas greetings. You know, maybe you say, you know, Merry Christmas to each other, that's one that, that's common. Or on your Christmas card this year, maybe it says Happy Holidays, or Seasons Greetings. You know, is anybody working on your Christmas card right now? You got them sent out? Is anybody like way ahead of the game and you've already got them ready? No. Oh, there's, I see one hand. All right. So one person's on top of it here. Usually I think about sending out Christmas cards about December 23rd, and then by that time it's like too late, you're going to get this in January, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but you know, we, we see those different things, uh, seasons greetings, happy holidays, maybe for you it's Feliz Navidad, or Meli Kalike Maka, or Happy New Year, we, we hear lots of different Christmas greetings. And so through this series, all this month, I'm going to give you a new Christmas greeting to add to your repertoire, to add to your list, to maybe put on your Christmas card uh, this year. So all month long, we're going to be giving you um, some new Christmas greetings. And the point of it is to make these greetings so you remember the reason for the season. So you remember that this Christmas, it's all about Jesus. It's, it's not about the gifts and all the busyness that we, we fall into, but it's, it's about Jesus. We want to keep the main point the main point. And so you can use these Christmas greetings to encourage one another and uh, challenge each other just, just to stay focused this Christmas. Because Christmas can get really busy. Anybody ever been there before? You got a busy Christmas to me this Christmas? But there's lots of traditions. I love Christmas traditions. Love them. Uh, for us, I mean, our house is decked out already, all right? Angie's got the inside. I've got the outside. So we've got a tree downstairs, upstairs, and this year we added one for the kids, too, because why not? You know, it's just fun. We needed a place for their ornaments that wouldn't ruin the fancy tree. Um, and, and so, you know, we've, we, the inside's all decked out. It's all on timers. The outside, even though I'm not a big fan of heights, you know what? We're going to do it. I'm going to get up on the roof. We're, we're going to light this place up. It's, it's great, you know. So we, we love Christmas at our house. Uh, another tradition that we have, you know, the Christmas movies, and uh, my favorite's The Grinch. I mean, I love The Grinch. It's, that's my favorite. So the other night, we were sitting there around with the kids, and I was reading them The Grinch. I was doing my best Grinch voice, and then I reminded them at the end, you know, the Grinch's heart, he grew, grew three sizes, right? The only way you grow three sizes is if you find Jesus. So it may not say it in there, but the Grinch got saved, all right? That's why it's my favorite Christmas story. The Grinch gets saved at the end. Uh, so we, we, we share all these different things. The Christmas music, you know, that's, that's going on this time of the year. Any radio stations playing that. Uh, the presents, you know, that's, I mean, my wife's amazing and she's, I mean, everything's like wrapped already and ready to go. Uh, you know, so m maybe you're doing that this time of the year. You're, you're buying Christmas presents. You're wrapping Christmas presents. Christmas baking, you know, the Christmas cookies. What, what a tradition there. You got school programs. Uh, for some of you, you just have Hallmark on just like 24-7 because you're just never sure how that movie's going to end. Are they actually going to get together? Is it going to be okay? Is it going to be a Merry Christmas? The answer is yes. <laughs> okay? Spoiler alert. It always works out in the end on Hallmark. Uh, you know, but we've got all these traditions. Maybe you're caroling. Maybe you've got Christmas parties you're going to. You, some of you can probably be like, yeah, I've already got four or five 
you know, on my calendar, we've got the school party, we've got the work party, we've got the church party, we've got the life group party, we've got the family party. And it's just like one on top of the other. And, and during this time, we can get so busy doing Christmas that we forget the why we celebrate Christmas. We just do Christmas for Christmas sake. Well, we bake cookies because we've always baked cookies. We give presents because we've always baked or given, given presents. We go to the parties because that's, that's what you do, you know, during this time of the year. And my question for you today is, it, is it possible that we spend so much time celebrating Jesus that we forget to spend time with him? We spend so much time celebrating Jesus that we forget to, to, to spend time with him. And, and today... In Luke chapter 10, we're actually not going to be looking at the Christmas story today. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that next week. But, you know, this, this last month we've been reading through the book of Proverbs. And I, I know that's been really good. And it's, uh, some of you have really enjoyed that just, I know what I'm reading today structure. So uh, if you're finished with Proverbs and you're wondering, like, what do I do now? You know, where do, where do I go next? Uh, this month, a great book to read is the book of Luke. Uh, you start out, it gets you right into the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. Just read a chapter a day. It's only 24 chapters long. So if you're looking for something, where do I go next in the Bible? Luke's a great place to look. And, and like I said, we're going we're gonna to look at Luke chapter 10 today. It doesn't have the Christmas story, but you can read ahead this week so you can be prepared for next week because we'll, we'll jump into that next week. But Luke chapter 10, verse 38, says this. Now as they, Jesus and his disciples, went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So again, while this, this isn't the Christmas story, and we're talking about Christmas, I believe this story of Mary and Martha is really going to help us put Christmas into perspective, help us keep our focus on the right thing. And then I, I promise at the end of this, I'm going to give you a brand new Christmas greeting. So you're going you're gonna to have to wait just a little bit, all right? But it's going to be good, I promise. Uh, so we're just going to go through this kind of verse by verse and kind of pick apart different things that Mary and Martha did and, and how, they, how that relates to us today. So the first thing in verse 38, uh, we see that Martha welcomed Jesus. Verse 38 says this, Now as, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. I mean, what a great way to get into the Bible. To welcome Jesus into your house. Like, if, if I was part of the Bible, I, I would want to be that. I would want to be like, Ben welcomed Jesus into his house. You know, that's great. You know, I, I don't want to be the, Ben closed his door and Jesus went on his way. You know, I, man, Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. Like, what? how amazing is that? So I want you to picture this scene. Picture this scene. Jesus and his disciples, you know, they're, they're going through town. So you've got 13 guys. And all of a sudden, Martha's like, hey, Jesus, you got a place to eat today? Come to my house. I can't imagine she was ready to host 13 people that day. I, I can't imagine she was living in a mansion or anything like that. But she invites Jesus and the disciples over there. And it was packed with 13 hungry guys. And, and uh, these aren't 
the disciples weren't classified as like these refined noble citizens or anything like that. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They were, they were radicals. Uh, a couple of them were called the sons of thunder, right? And Martha invited the sons of thunder to come over to her house and say, hey, you know what? I may not be ready. I may not have the dishes all done or food prepared, but I want you at my house. I mean, this had to be like watching one of the opening scenes of The Hobbit. I mean, there was just not enough space. There was not enough food. I mean, the place was packed. When was the last time you decided to invite 13 people over to your house on a whim? Right? Probably not very often. Your house wasn't clean. The food wasn't prepped. You didn't have enough chairs. You know, the sink's still full of dirty dishes. But, man, credit to Martha for doing this. I mean, that, that's a big deal. Now, you may have never done that on a whim, but maybe you're up against a task like that this Christmas, right? You decided this year we're going to host the big family gathering. We're going to have, it's been at everybody else's houses before, but this, this year it's going to be at our house, you know, so you've got it all prepped out. You've got all the tables. You made sure you had enough chairs. You, you laid out the spot. This is where the kids' table is going to go. You know, you've got the menu all planned out. You're, you're even serving hors d'oeuvres this year. I mean, it's going to be fancy. You know, it's going to be good, and, and you've put in a lot of time into that. Or maybe this year you decided to take the reins and lead the bake sale, you know, for the school or, or whatever it might be, and, and so you're, you're baking all these cookies, and, and you've got you know, it's just like all day long, you're, you've got gingerbread cookies over here, you've got the sugar cookies over there, you've got the chocolate-covered pretzels over here. I mean, you've got it all laid out, and, and you're working hard, you're preparing for these things. Uh, you know, maybe this year you decided, you know, we're going to decorate, we're just going to top to bottom, and we're going to go up on the roof, it's going to be synced to music outside, we've got Santa and the reindeer up there, we've got Christmas Village all laid out in our house, you know, and, and everything, it's going to be great, it's going to be wonderful, and you've taken on these big tasks, and perhaps like Martha, you've taken on more than you can handle. You thought it was going to be this big. I mean, that's the way it is for me every year with Christmas lights. I think it's going to be this big, and then something burns out, and then something, you know, and it's just like five trips to Menards later, you finally are done. It's like, man, this took me a whole day. It was only supposed to take an hour. So maybe you, you feel a little bit like Martha this Christmas is just like, okay, I said yes. I, I accepted this duty. I'm going to welcome people in. I'm going to throw the big party. I'm going to do all these different things. But it's just, you feel a little bit overwhelmed. So we keep reading. Verse 39, it says, and Martha had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So we see you know, Martha welcomed Jesus, but Mary listened. She sat at the Lord's feet and she listened. In fact, Mary took the, the role of a disciple in all of this, because that's what the disciples' job was to do, was just to listen to Jesus, to follow Jesus, to sit at his feet, to, to learn. And again, so here's, here's Mary. She's sitting at Jesus' feet. The, the house is packed. I mean, it was probably a hard place to find a spot at Jesus's feet, to, to, to find a place to sit and just to focus. I mean, there's busyness going on all around. Again, there's, there's 13 people in the house. You've got Martha, probably their brother Lazarus was, was in the place. The, the place was packed. It was busy. Uh, they, they, were, they were hungry. They, there's probably beds to be made, different sleeping arrangements to be made, and, and all these different things to do. But, but Mary decides to just sit and give the guest of honor her full attention. 
And then it says that Jesus began to teach. He began to teach and, and teach Mary, teach to the disciples. And, and we don't know what he, he taught that day. It doesn't say. It, it's not recorded. But if you look in there, the paragraph before, Jesus taught about what it means to be a good neighbor. And he, he told the parable of the Good Samaritan. And, and so we learn all that stuff. Of, uh, it doesn't matter location-wise who's your neighbor. It's, it matters how you serve people. And, and the Good Samaritan, he, he took care of him, even though he was a different culture. He, and he, he, he gave him money. He took care of his needs. And then in the, the next following paragraph, we see Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. We, we see him teaching uh, the Lord's Prayer. So I'm guessing whatever he was teaching that day was pretty powerful. You know, smack dab in between those two. A lot of us know the Good Samaritan and the Lord's Prayer. We, we know those. Maybe, he, in fact, he was even teaching those that day. But whatever he was teaching, it, would, it had to be great. And in the midst of the chaos, Mary spent time with Jesus, and she gave him her full attention. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. In, in the chaos of this world, in the chaos of Christmas, one of the easiest things to do for us when things get busy is to drop our time with Jesus. That's one of the easiest things to do is just, you know what, I'm busy. Uh, I don't have time. And usually when we spend time with Jesus, it's something we do privately. So if we drop it, it's like, well, nobody's going to notice, you know, because nobody knew I was doing it before. So if I just don't read my Bible today, if I just don't spend time in prayer uh, today, no one's going to notice, and it's going to give me extra time to just get ahead of this chaos and, and, and fix it. And we can think that. Maybe not consciously, but just we, we just think, oh, that's, that's easy to drop, and if I just don't think about it too much, it'll be, be fine. And, and again, with Christmas, especially being a busy season, it's, it's easy to drop those things and not spend time with Jesus. But again, that's what we need to do. We need to spend time at the feet of Jesus. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Let's continue on in the story. In verse 40, it says this, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Martha was distracted with much serving. So Martha was distracted. Think about that, though. Martha was distracted with serving. Like, How is that right? Isn't serving Jesus a really good thing? She wasn't distracted with little peddly thing. She was distracted with preparing probably a meal for Jesus. Like what an honorable thing to do, right? Serving's a good thing. And serving Jesus of all people is even a better thing. And, and again, Jesus had just finished that parable of the, the good Samaritan of showing, you know, a good neighbor is someone who goes out of their way to, to serve their neighbor. And now all of a sudden it's, wait a minute, Martha was distracted by doing exactly what Jesus told everybody else to do is to be a good neighbor to people. And, and that's what she was doing. She was, she was being a good neighbor to Jesus. But this word distracted, um, in the Greek, it's actually a compound word. And it's two different words, to be pulled and away. So to be pulled away is what this word distracted means, to be drawn away. So if serving Jesus was distracting Martha or pulling Martha away, what was she being distracted from? Because serving Jesus was actually in this moment pulling her away from Jesus, Jesus himself. And that's why serving Jesus in this point was a distraction. The good distracted her from something that was great. And it happens all the time to us during Christmas, during this season. Good things distract us from great things. You know, in a season where we get to celebrate the birth of our Savior, 
we, we celebrate, you know, Jesus giving up heaven and humbling himself. I mean, just, just to think he's the God of the universe, the God who controls everything. He had his hands on all, every part of creation, and, and he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing. And then to, to come to earth, not as a full-grown adult, but to come to earth as a baby. To come to earth, and, and he needs someone to feed him, someone to, to change him, someone to clothe him. He humbled himself for us so that we could have a second chance, so that we could have salvation. He lived this perfect life just to die on a cross, and, and that's why we celebrate Christmas. I mean, that's, that's the point. And to celebrate Christmas, we, we do good things. We do really good things. I mean, giving presents, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Decorating, man, that, that's a good thing. Getting together with family and friends, that's good. Throwing parties, that's, that's a good thing. Just, just being together with people, that's, that, those are all good things. But like Martha, are these good things distracting us from great things? Are we spending so much time doing Christmas that we forget to just be with Jesus? The reason for Christmas. And now I'm not saying don't do those things. I'm not saying, all right, we're canceling the party. We're, I, I'm not saying that today. But, I, but what I am saying is, is we need to make sure we don't forget about Jesus and all the traditions. We need to make sure, in fact, not just forget him, we need to make sure that he's the centerpiece of all of our traditions. We need to make sure that he is the reason why we decorate, the reason why we bake those cookies, the reason why we give those gifts. Let's put him as the center. But you know what, Martha, she didn't just stop at distracted. She took it a, a step further. In the second half of verse 40, it says that, uh, And Martha went up to him, to Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. So not only was she distracted, but Martha decided to take it a step further, and, and Martha interrupted. She interrupted Jesus. I mean, things just got to a whole new level of awkward in that house. Right? Has anybody ever invited you over to their house and then decided to have a family argument uh, in the midst of their guest of honor? Right? That is, if that's me and I'm in your house and all of a sudden I might be like, you know what, I think, I think we forgot something in the car um, and never come back inside. You know, it's just awkward. But not only did, did Martha break out into a family argument, she's like, Jesus, you decide who's right. You tell my sister off. You know, she's wrong. I mean, I can just picture, it doesn't say it in here, but I can just picture, you know, Martha's over there and uh, she's getting things ready. She's, she's cooking the meal and all of a sudden, like, she starts having that internal argument in her, in her head and she starts pleading her case. You ever done that before? You're just standing there and, and you know, you know maybe, maybe you're sitting there and, you know, you're folding laundry or something. It's just like, man, why am I doing you know, why did we have kids in the first place? They should be the ones who are sitting here folding this laundry, but now they're at basketball camp again. Like, how many basketball camps can we send this kid to? And, and you're sitting there just debating of, this is why I'm right, and this is why you're wrong. And eventually, we're really good at being lawyers in our own heads. You know, we're really good at pleading our cases, and we're always right. We're always right until we say it out loud. And I can just picture here, Martha's sitting there in the kitchen. She's like, man, Mary, she should be here helping me. She, she should be the one in here cooking this. She's the younger sister. Like, I should be the one over there, and, and she should be in here, and she's lazy. Uh, she, you know, she's just the worst. And, and so eventually, she builds up enough confidence. She goes over, and she interrupts Jesus, and he says, you know what, Jesus? 
Look at Mary, this sluggard of a sister that I have. You know, just, I can't believe her. And, and, and she begins, you know, she's probably saying like, hey, she should be in the kitchen helping me. And you know what? And she probably pictures it in her mind, I'm going to say this. And Jesus, she's going to be like, Martha, you are so right. You are just the perfect sister. And Mary, she is just the worst. And Mary, she's going to get to work. And you know what, Martha? Why don't, in fact, why don't you sit next to me? You know, why don't you sit next to me at this meal? It's going to be a great time. And that's what Martha's thinking. So she goes and interrupts Jesus and says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. She thinks, I got this. I got this. This is going to be good. So now Jesus is operating as the judge in, the, in this family argument that Mary didn't know she was part of, or maybe she did, but uh, now, it's, now it's all out in the open. But Jesus didn't respond the way that Martha thought that he would to this open and shut case. See, he responded with two points. And, and the first one is in verse 41. It says, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. That's never good when Jesus repeats your name twice. I, I don't know, it's just, it's not good. But he says, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things. So the first part, Jesus basically tells Martha, Martha, you got bigger problems. You've got bigger issues. You think Mary's the one with issues? No, no, no. You're the one who's got issues, Martha. You're anxious and you're, you're, you're nervous. You're, you're troubled about all these things. And, and I can see that bitterness building up inside your heart. You know, you're, you're bitter towards your sister. You're so focused on your sister's shortcomings that you missed your own. Like, that's no fun. Like, we like to focus on other people's problems rather than focus on our own. You know, that whole verse of you need to remove the plank from your own eye before you remove the, the speck from your brother's eye. I mean, that's what's going on here. Martha thinks, Mary's got issues, Mary's got issues. And Jesus is saying, no, look at yourself. You got to work on you first. You, you, you've got some anxiety issues, you've got some troubles, you've got some bitterness that you've got to get taken out of your heart. See, sometimes I think we can use serving Jesus as a way to distract us from having to deal with our own issues. Think about that for a moment. We use serving Jesus as a way to distract us from our own issues. We think, man, if I just give enough, if I just serve enough, if I just, you know, if I can just... Uh, lead the Bible study, if I can just uh, help some kids out, then I won't have to deal with all those issues that I don't want to deal with. You know, eventually if I just do enough good things for God, then he'll just take care of those things. And I won't have to deal with the things in my heart that are just building up that I know aren't right. And I know there's some bitterness there. And I, I, I know there's some jealousy there. But, you know, if I just then I won't have to do that. And, and it turns into this almost this works theology where we think if we do enough good things that you know, we'll get a ticket to heaven that way, that we'll get our sins forgiven that way, but it never works that way. Everybody else might think, man, everything's going right for them. They, they, they figured it all out. I mean, they're donating, they're baking cookies for a good cause. I mean, they keep setting up a nativity scene in every room. They must love Jesus, you know. And, but Jesus, at the end of it all, still looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. And he's looking at your heart this morning. second part of Jesus' response. In verse 42, he says this, but again, he's talking to Martha, but one thing is necessary. 
Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So in the end, Martha thought she was right. Martha thought she was justified, but in the end, Mary was right. Mary chose the better option. Spending time with Jesus is always going to be greater than serving Jesus. Spending time with Jesus is always more important. Because if you want to pour into other people and serve Jesus by you know, giving back, you've got to have something to give. And the only place we give anything valuable is spending time with Jesus. So if we want to pour into others, we've got to make sure God's poured into us first. So spending time with Jesus is always going to be more important than serving Jesus. Picture this. All right? let, me, let me put it in different terms for you. Imagine you're single. Some of you don't have to imagine you are, and that's okay. Imagine if you are married in this place, you know, go back to that time and, and you met that special someone. You, you met, you know, the, the girl of your dreams or the guy of your dreams and you decide, you know what, just to show them how much that, that I love them and, and how great this thing is, I'm going to just have this date and it's going to be spectacular. And uh, I'm going to invite them over to my place and, and we're going to have everything right. So, you, so you, uh, you, know, you set the table, you got the nice tablecloth out, you got real napkins you know, not, not disposable ones, but real ones that you've got to wash and clean. Uh, you, you've got candles, you know, on the table. It's just real romantic. You've got the right music playing. And you decided you're, you're going to make a three-course meal, and it's going to be phenomenal. So you, you sit down, your, your guest of honor, your date that night, and you put the, I don't know, you got the, the fancy salad, you know, with the little strips of salami on there and everything. And it's, it's really great. And you, you put that in front of them. And uh, you go and you sit down and, and you know, you, you pray to start the meal. It's always, it's important, guys. You got to do it. And, uh, you know, you sit down there and you, and, and you start eating and a couple of bites in, you're thinking like, oh, no. Like, the food's, I got I to gotta check the chicken. You know, I got to make sure that that's okay. So you get up and you, you go and you make sure that the, the chicken's all right. It's wrapped in bacon. It's heavenly. And, uh, you know, you make, you're making sure that's good. And, and you check to make sure the potatoes are good. And you serve up that meal and, and you take their dishes away and you put that down and you sit down and and you take a few bites and then you think oh no I gotta I gotta go check on the dessert you know so you get back up and and you do all this and and at the end of the night they've had a good meal but it was the worst date ever because you never actually sat and talked with them because you were just so distracted by serving them that you never spent time with them and I think we can do that with Jesus. We can be so distracted by just doing things and doing things and doing things. And he's just saying, no, just, just be with me. Just be with me. Just, just spend, spend time with me. Jesus said Mary chose the better option. She did not neglect the guest of honor. But what I'm thankful for in this passage is, you know, Martha doesn't look very good in this light, and Mary looks pretty good. But uh, in this passage, Jesus didn't, tell Martha off, he spoke with grace and truth. He told her some truth. Martha, you're, you're troubled about a lot of things. But Mary chose the better option. And we, we don't know how Mary responded, but I, I almost view this as an invitation from Jesus. Why don't you just stop what you're doing, Martha, and you can come and sit too. And I'd like to think that Martha, after this conversation, just sat down at Jesus' feet and, and began to listen the same way that, that Mary did. And we all have that option today, too. We, we have that invitation of, all right, you can keep doing what you're doing, or you can just sit at my feet today. And you can, you can just stop, put the to-do list down, and just focus on Jesus today. 
Just focus on Jesus. See, this Christmas season, let's make sure we spend more time with being with Jesus than simply doing Christmas. Let's remember the true meaning of Christmas rather than just making sure that we, we check off all the traditions, that we eat all the cookies and watch all the movies. Let's focus on the one who Christmas is all about rather than just the holiday. And I'd like to invite the worship team back up. We're, we're going to have just a little bit of time at the end of this service just to focus on Jesus. But I promised you today that I'd give you a new Christmas greeting. One that will spread the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, you probably never heard this one before, all right? So you ready for this Christmas greeting? You can, you can write this down. It's okay. It's a brand new one. Have a Merry Christmas. An M-A-R-Y Christmas. Not a Martha Christmas. We've had enough Martha Christmases where we're just busy doing everything. But I want to encourage you to have a Merry Christmas. One where you sit at the feet of Jesus. One where you, you keep Jesus the reason for the season. See, a Martha Christmas is one that's full of tradition for tradition's sake. I mean, that's, you just do it because, why are we doing it? Because we always do it. You know, we've got to put, we've got to, we've got to put these decorations up because that's what we always do. And if we don't do it, then it's not Christmas. No, that's tradition for tradition's sake. A Martha Christmas is one that's busy and just constantly there's another thing to do, another thing to do, another thing to do. And, and you do it uninspired, unlovingly, just you do it because it needs to get done. A Martha Christmas is one that's stressful and one that's anxious, one that's troubled. That's a Martha Christmas. But a Merry Christmas is one that's peaceful. One that's peaceful, one that's focused on Jesus. Where you take time to just sit at the feet of Jesus and listen. A Merry Christmas is one that remembers the why behind the traditions. So every time this December that you hear those words, Merry Christmas, the M-E-R-R-Y kind, I want you to think yourself about having a M-A-R-Y, a Merry Christmas. And remind yourself, am I slowing down enough to remember the why behind this season? Am I slowing down enough to spend time with Jesus? I want you to think about that. For those who are in this room, you can encourage each other with that. Maybe you need to tell some people in your family, hey, stop having a Martha Christmas over there. Maybe you need to remind yourself of that sometimes. This week. No, stop having a Martha Christmas. It's time to have a Merry Christmas. Because that's what it's all about. So here's some ways you can have a Merry Christmas. First one, most obvious, is spend some extra time with Jesus. Spend, spend some extra time in, in prayer. Some extra time in his word. Read through that book of Luke and see the whole story from, from start to finish of Jesus' life. Carve that out. Make sure you don't neglect that time with him. Another way to have a Merry Christmas is, is to spend time with family. To spend time with family. To, to, to not just pass down traditions, but pass, pass along the meaning of Christmas. To, dem, to demonstrate it to them. To, to model that for the next generation. Because I believe we honor God by honoring our family. And the last way you can have a Merry Christmas is to put others' needs in front of your own. Be more about giving than you are about getting this Christmas. Be that good Samaritan to someone else and go out of your way to bless other people. And let them know the love of Jesus. That's how we have a Merry Christmas. So would you stand? We're just going to sing this, this last song. And, and I challenge you, 
Just take, take five minutes today to say, before I need to focus on anything else, Jesus, I'm going to focus on you. God, I'm going to give you my full attention. I'm going to give you my full heart. I'm going to make sure that everything is surrendered to you. So just take five minutes this morning to say, Jesus, I'm all yours. If you need to come to the front just to get away from distractions, these altars are open. If you need to just close your eyes and lift up your hands, I encourage you to do it. So we'll close here in just a few minutes, but but right now, let's just put all the focus on Jesus. Let's sing this song together.
around us. We experience the spirit of the living God. It says it changes what we seek. It changes what we seek. It changes our desires. Psalms, it says that God gives us the desires of our heart. Not the things that we want, but he literally changes our desires because the more of the presence of God we experience, the more we want it. The more we need it, the more we realize we can't live without this. And so that's my prayer for you today is that as you experience the presence of God, that you'd want more. You'd want more of Jesus. You'd want to spend more time sitting at his feet, just listening and soaking up his presence and getting into his word because he's got something to speak to you this Christmas. I promise you that. God's got something to teach you this Christmas. We've all got lessons to learn. But if we don't take the time to sit and listen, if we just stay busy, then we can miss out. So I want to challenge you again today. Have a Merry Christmas. Not a Martha one. Have a Merry Christmas. Jesus, I pray that we would focus on you. Not just today, but this whole month. God, that we would focus on you. God, we're, we're so thankful for the sacrifice that you made for us. God, we're so thankful for the good gifts that you've given us. And Lord, I pray that in every party we go to, in every cookie we bake, in every decoration we hang, in every gift we give. May we do it for you. May we do it to share the love of Jesus. May we pass that down to our family. May we pass that on to strangers, to the people at our schools, to the people in our communities. May we share your love everywhere we go. And may we not neglect our time with you this Christmas. But may you be at the forefront of our mind. So Jesus, we love you and we thank you. Change us in your presence. In your name. Amen. Amen. If you need more time, these altars are always, always open. But have a Merry Christmas.